Hello, and welcome to the Anniversary Brothers podcast, where we talk about the anniversaries of your favorite TV shows and movies. I am your host and captain, Aaron Sarnecki, and joining me as always is my brother and first mate, Josh Sarnecki. I've decided I'm throwing a mutiny. Okay. I, I was curious what your response would be if you'd be like, yar, or something like that. Oh, I mean, shiver me timbers. Yeah, sure. is that is that better? I mean, it's better than you saying you're going to throw a mutiny. <laughs> Make you swab the poop deck. Mm-hmm. So uh, we are having a very pirate themed episode today as we talk about the 20th anniversary of Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. It uh, debuted on, I believe, Jan- July 9th, 2003. Yes. So, although I think it technically like debuted a little bit earlier in Disneyland. But... Right. Yeah. As as typical of Disney movies usually have some sort of special premiere. Right. Right. Which is, I mean, it's cool that they do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so this is, I don't know. I, I know we, we always say like, I can't believe it's been X amount of years. Yeah. But I feel like this is the one that makes me feel old. Oh, really? Okay. I, I feel I feel like for me, it was probably when Rugrats turned like 30. I was like, because that oh. was, we were 29 when we recorded that. So I was just like, wow. Oh, that's a good point. I don't know. I, I I feel like at some point we have to retire the joke of making fun of Bill for being old because it's getting too real for us. Well, we're all, he'll always be older than Bill or, or <laughs> younger than Bill. So that it'll always work. Yeah, don't worry, Bill. You'll always be old to us. Yeah. Uh, no, but th- I think it's because this is another movie that we have such a, a history with that it just really uh-huh. it's close to home in terms of uh, the timeline of it all. Mm-hmm. Right. So as, as Josh just said, uh, this is a movie that um, we have, you know, watched for years. So. Uh, I guess just to give like a an overview of our experience with this. Um, do you remember the first time that you saw this? Funnily enough, I can't remember the the first time. I remember watching it on VHS a million times, including mm-hmm. like going to some sort of uh, family gathering and just like going off into like a separate room and just watching this on VHS rather than actually interacting with any family members. Oh, okay. I mean, that sounds about right. Um, I mean, I'm fairly sure we saw this in theaters. Do you remember? Yeah, I'm not. You know, I don't remember the theatrical experience as much, but I'm pretty sure that we saw this in theaters. But we, yeah, definitely watching it on tape was a, a big thing. Um, I remember seeing the uh, seeing the ads for this on TV and saying that i didn't care if the movie was rated pg-13 that i was going to go see it and our mom's being like oh yeah really (laughs) i've I've told her this and she doesn't seem to remember that but i i remember that well i don't remember you saying it but i'll take your word for it um yeah no i remember seeing the the 
the second and third movies in in theaters. Oh, definitely, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, not not one hundred percent able to remember the uh, the original here. Right. So, um, as is kind of obvious, um, this is a movie that we we're both really into. Um, so, our obviously our initial response to this is you know very positive. Um, just I guess to uh, to start, you know, what is the the plot of the movie? Okay, yeah, I can do that. So, plot of the movie, um, we have um, Elizabeth Swan is the daughter of the governor of um, the Caribbean uh, during the British Empire, um, and we have a pirate attack on Port Royal. Um, where she's kidnapped and she is given, uh, she gets a false identity. Um, and then the rest of the film is about her being rescued by uh, Johnny Depp's character, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow and Orlando Bloom's character, um, Will Turner. And basically on their swashbuckling adventures to rescue Elizabeth played by Kara Knightley Um there's a lot of other stuff going on there. There's also some new supernatural elements with the pirates who capture her. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's the, that's the main thrust of it. Right. And then there's um, the leader of the, uh, the pirates uh, of the, the black Pearl, who was the uh, treacherous first mate of uh, Jack Sparrow is uh, uh, Captain Barbosa played by Jeffrey Rush. Yes. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. like I said, I do remember there being a decent amount of, uh, you know, promotion for this movie before it came out. Like, because I distinctly remember seeing that scene where Jack is swinging, you know, from like the crane above mm. all the, the soldiers, like seeing that on TV and that being like instantly what made me want to watch it. Mm. And like seeing the poster um, in theaters. Okay. Uh, but yeah. I will say I, I sent you the the teaser trailer for this, and I don't remember that. I I don't remember it either. Uh, it is truly one of the things that's ever happened. Uh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's it's a it's a terrible teaser trailer. Well, yeah, because uh, for one, it doesn't even have uh, the full title. It's just Pirates of the Caribbean. At that point, uh, apparently, it was attached to uh, the Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers, which had Orlando Bloom in. So it was like. We can capture one part of the market that already knows Orlando Bloom. Mm. But um, yeah, it's it's super generic. It tells you basically nothing about the movie. There's only even one shot from the movie, which is one of the uh, one of the skeleton uh, uh, pirates uh, walking underwater. You just see a foot for a second. The rest of it is just stock footage. Meanwhile, they're like many other trailers uh, during this time period and, and before we're using uh, music from Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> oh, was that, I was wondering yeah. where that was from. So, okay. Yeah. I do appreciate the, the voice of the narrator. He had a good, right. Right. The voice, voice as a, just to, you know, give it more age. The fact that it has a, a narrator with a voice. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he he had the voice for that, so I I, I appreciate that right. he got the work, even if the teaser itself is pretty right. But lame. I have to say that 
I would not have, I don't know, I would not have been excited for the movie if that were my first um, first exposure to it. That would not have gotten me excited. Yeah, no, me me neither. But to, despite that, and, and once again, I, I don't think we ever saw that teaser. Yeah. Like, we yeah. were, like, excited about this movie and, like, so... Um, so obsessed with the movie as as many people were our age like i remember when we were um i guess around the time this movie came out maybe a little bit later one of our friends had thrown a birthday party that was pirate themed and oh, it really? was very okay. much inspired by this movie's presentation of pirates oh okay i mean that that, that themed birthday parties if anybody remembers that <laughs> i mean you might have a few theme birthday parties this weekend for Barbenheimer. Oh, Barbenheimer. Yeah. yeah. You're definitely taking your kids to see Offenheimer. Oh, yeah. Give them existential dread and stuff like that. Fun for the whole family. Right. Um, but yeah, I, um, like I said, those movies was, um, at least for up was, was super hyped. Um, though, uh, just reading a little bit about, uh, this movie beforehand was, actually was viewed as a pretty big risk by Disney um, and was thought to be a likely flop just because um, the pirate genre was not viewed as profitable because mm. um, uh, most people were looking at movies like Cutthroat Island, which had come out in 95 with Gina Davis, which uh, infamously bombed at the box office and kind of like killed the, you know, Muppet Treasure Island, notwithstanding, <laughs> killed the whole genre for, you know, eight years. Yeah. Cutthroat Island. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Which tells you all you need to know probably about it. Yeah. But uh, before we get into this movie, uh, why don't you take a listen to uh, some of the other podcasts that are on uh, the Pop Break feed? Are you a diehard Marvel zombie who compulsively rewatches every movie and TV show you can get your hands on from the House of Ideas? Or are you a new or lapsed Marvel fan looking for an excuse to finally catch up on what your buddies have been going on and on and on about for as long as you've known them? Then folks, do we have the show for you? Head over to the Pop Break Today podcast feed on all your favorite platforms to check out myself, Bill Bodkin, and my co-host, Marcus on Bill versus the MCU, where we review every single installment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Along with a journey around the Marvel multiverses, where we check in on MCU adjacent content like Netflix's The Defender Saga, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Fox's X-Men franchise, and so much more. New episodes premiere the second Tuesday of every month on thepopbreak.com and the Pop Break Today podcast feed. Hey, it's Bill Bodkin, editor-in-chief of ThePopBreak.com. Join myself, Amanda Rivas, Al Manorino, and a cavalcade of awesome guests on the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of ThePopBreak.com. 
And it's Amanda Rivas. If you're a pop culture obsessed nerd like we are, then you need to make socially distanced an integral part of your life. We talk all the things, Marvel, Star Wars, you know, everything on Disney Plus pretty much, as well as the hottest trending shows and news in the world of pop culture. This is definitely Al Manorino and not Bill Bodkin. So listen to the Socially Distanced podcast every Friday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so we can eventually get Disney Plus to give us advertising money. Please, we could use the money. I, I have children. And we are back, so you can listen once again to all those lovely people on the pop rake. But now I want to actually get into the uh, the movie itself. So, um, Josh, uh, I you rewatched this movie. I, I'm assuming before we started recording, correct? Yes, indeed. Yes, I have. Okay. I mean, I. That's, that's <laughs> okay. the proper response. So um, I'm curious. Um, I don't. Had you rewatched it recently? What was the last time you watched it? I'm honestly not sure. I was trying to figure out when it was. I know that a few years ago, I think I bought it on like DVD because mm-hmm. we didn't have it, and I was like, okay, we need to update the VHS so I can actually watch this. Right. But now it's on Disney Plus, so right now you can really... watch it in high definition. Yeah. So. Honestly, I think it's been several years since I watched it. I mm-hmm. I don't want to give a number, but if I had to guess, more than five years. Okay, yeah, definitely for me, it's definitely been more than five years since I've I've watched this movie. I mean, I uh, I may watch like a brief bit when I went back to our parents' house and our dad was like testing the VHS player for some reason, <laughs> so he had that in. Uh, mm-hmm. Really weird about that vhs is actually that um the picture is actually letterboxed 16 by 9 so like they actually tried to make it slightly widescreen which i'm a little surprised by because most vhs never did that huh yeah that's odd but but either way um yeah so uh has your feelings on the movie changed at all uh positively negatively not at all. I have to admit, I was a little nervous going back to this movie because this is yeah. a movie that I did love as as a kid, and I wasn't sure how it would have aged uh-huh. after twenty years. Um, and I'm happy to report that I think it's still an amazing movie. I uh-huh. think it is, yeah, um, definitely one of the strongest live action Disney movies that came out during our childhood, uh-huh. which is not saying much because there was some stinkers in there mm-hmm. um but no i i think this is an excellent uh adventure movie i i had a blast watching it again and yeah no it i'm going to be listening to the soundtrack all week now right like that yeah. is that is guaranteed right um what about you yeah i had a, a similar feeling that i wasn't you know i was pretty sure that i was going to like it but um i was surprised that there were i think a little a lot of small things that i ended up uh appreciating um from this movie that I don't think I would have realized uh, from before. Um, uh, I don't know. There just seemed with the plot, there seems to be a lot of callbacks either with lines where there's, you know, you know, that's the worst pirate ever seen. And then he's like, that's the best pirate ever seen. Mm. Um, 
e- even just like simple jokes like when elizabeth faints the first time and then later she pretends to faint mm-hmm. um things like where will throws the sword actually kind of like later is important to the plot when he saves jack yeah so there's just so many like tiny details that i think that they really thought you know like what makes an entertaining movie um it, i don't know I, I was just i was impressed by the screenplay um yeah yeah no i will agree i, I think it is really smart in the way that it has those uh callbacks but and it's not to the point where it's i don't know self-refer- self-referential in like an annoying way mm-hmm. um it's more like a, oh i see what you did there but it's not yeah. at least for me it wasn't kind of a we get it you know you're doing that scooby-doo jimmy neutron brain blast thing here right like, we don't No, that. it's not like that it's just um i don't know it's just the, it's such small details um, they seem to, or even just jokes that they they set up earlier, later have payoffs. So like the fact that Elizabeth can't breathe in the corset later when she's beating the guy with the oar says, you know, you like pain, try wearing a corset. Right. Yeah. No, it it, it all comes together. And I I think that is even not just in the dialogue, but also shown elsewhere, like I always forget that the very beginning of the movie, um, we see that um, Jack's friend um, Gibbs, oh, Gibbs yeah. was part of the, um, like the the Royal the Navy. Navy. Yeah, that um, that was never. That's one part that's never really explained. I don't know if the other movies explain it at all. Hmm. I. Maybe I'm not sure, but I will say one thing. There's there's two things that really stood out to me that I did not um, recognize until this viewing. Uh-huh. Um, one was that uh, we have a, uh, a a small appearance from Zoe Saldana. I, I was as, that really caught me off. I'm like, wait, is that her? Oh, she was such a baby! Like, oh my goodness, this is like <laughs> pre anything so so she's she's she doesn't have much to do but she does great in it what she does um which i think i previously referred to emily blunt as the queen of of sci-fi but i think i have to like like give that title to zoe saldana she's without a doubt like i mean if i mean this is more supernatural or fantasy than sci-fi but still she definitely owns the 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 title um so that was just you know, mind blowing to see her in this uh-huh. and to see her so young. Um, the other that I, I don't know if this just never like faced me before, is like the weirdness of uh, Commodore Norrington being an adult at the very right. beginning. Yeah, that, that that was like there. Uh, they were never given an age and how old he's supposed to be. How old Elizabeth is? You know, I'm thinking that she's probably like eleven. In but um, yeah, that that was something that I was like, oh, that's that's kind of weird. Yeah, that's, that's uh, but it's, it's very it's very at the same time, it's very, I think, like period accurate. I do think it's period accurate. It doesn't it it, it makes me hate him even more. Right. Um, but he which Norrington is actually a character I wasn't thinking about, but he has an interesting kind of arc in this movie and in the series in general. 
That's true. He he does make for a, a good foil in this, and he does have a arc of well, not not an arc of sorts. Like he does have an arc, um, really in the the trilogy, the main mm-hmm. trilogy. Yeah. But no, but no. people aren't going to the movies to to see him. No, no, right. But uh, yeah. So th- those are a few things that like really caught my eye this time around. Right. Ba- so basically the same things as as they did for me. Um, but there were also things like I didn't know for years that Jonathan Price was Governor Swan. And I was just like, oh hey, it's 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 Jonathan Price. He's you know before he was in uh, Game of Thrones. Before this is after he was in uh, Tomorrow Never Dies as the bad guy. Ah, uh, okay. See, I'm not super familiar with him outside of this in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Just enough that I was like, oh yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Yeah, it's a, just n- not to get too far off into like casting, um, but apparently there was a lot of wild places where this cast could have gone. So at one point, um, it looked like they wanted to cast... Um, uh, who was it? Um, well, originally they had Tom Wilkinson as playing the part, which a oh, wait of as as uh, the governor of Governor Swan. Oh, Jonathan I mean, like, I guess I could see it, but I don't know. But then the other one, apparently, they tried to get Brian Cox to play it, and he turned it down because he didn't want to play with Depp. <laughs> He's like, no, I don't want to oh, work really? with that guy. Okay, <laughs> that guy's that's weird. Odd. That's odd. Which, right, which but, but I mean, I guess I don't know if he was also in X Men United or X Two the the same year. So I don't mm-hmm. know if maybe he you know ended up doing that instead of this. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, I think it was. I don't. I think it would would have been fine, but I think he. I think he's really good in X Two. So I think it's it was a good choice. Yeah, I mean, and, and, Brian... and I think Jonathan Price does have. The few moments of comedy he has, um, I think he he really does sell. Oh yeah, I I think Jonathan Price like really gets the humor across as this doting yet somewhat dim <laughs> governor. Um, not that Brian Cox could pull that off, but I mean, yeah, Brian Cox is not wanting for for roles. I mean, he's he's doing just fine. Right. right. Um. <laughs> But were there other like uh, like Jack Sparrow? Did they have anybody in mind besides Johnny Depp? I saw a few, and all of them just kind of were head scratchers for me. Um, the the first one I saw was that the role was originally written for Hugh Jackman. Okay, that would have been interesting because I I mean this would have been after the first X Men, which you know we just mentioned X Men. I so it would have been. I don't know. I could maybe see how they would get there, but I don't know. I don't think he would have been right. No, that I mean, I'm I'm sure he could have done a a fine job, but like I don't think it would have been the best move. Um the other one um that like really blew my mind or the other ones that blew my mind were them wanting uh Matthew McConaughey um, which weird. And then I also saw, and, and I don't know if this is accurate, but this is just what the internet has given me. Right. Uh, Harry uh, Ulis, 
um from princess bride oh okay uh i'm i know i'm butchering his name but i i can't carrie yules yules there we go thank you uh or christopher walken wait christopher walken as jack sparrow yeah yeah i mean i kind of want to see a version of the movie with him as jack sparrow now yeah the other two i saw were michael keaton and jim carrey jim carrey is like the only one who could have definitely matched i think the comedic performance but i don't jim carrey i don't see as a swashbuckler in the least no but those are some of like the most unhinged casting ideas (laughs) i i swear like no there's Jim Carrey as a pirate, like on paper. I, I somebody I can just see... said that he prefers Jim Carrey when he's toned down. Exactly. Yeah. So, but no, I mean, as you have with any feel, like this could have gone in very different directions. The same mm-hmm. thing goes for the character Will Turner. Um, there's a whole host of uh, people who could have also got that role, but I, it, it's funny to question like how would these other actors have played Jack Sparrow. Because I was reading that a lot of what we know about Jack Sparrow like, was a creative decision from mm-hmm. Johnny Depp. And Johnny Depp has a lot of baggage, and, and I don't right, right. think we want to necessarily get into right. that. Same with Jeffrey Rush. If, uh... Yes. Oh. So don't necessarily want to get into to too much of that other than, um, you know, encourage people to you know stay informed about um, the media there consuming and the people in it but it was i think a risky decision and one that really paid off um i was reading that like michael eisner who was the head of disney at the time was like on set and was saying like you are ruining this film like this is (laughs) this is terrible like what are you doing (laughs) yeah i mean i was reading that he was considered uh essentially a a cult actor like people i people i guess who liked tim burton movies liked mm. him but like he was not considered like a real leading man before this movie yeah and then after this movie yeah he, he was the leading man right uh arguably of the 2000s right um so yeah um and, and, and just getting into the performances um i think that uh watching the sequels and sort of the the law of diminishing returns makes me forget how good he was in this first movie how how funny he is but i don't know he can be intimidating at times usually with like scenes with will when he's like double crossing him and stuff like that Mm. Uh, yeah yeah i i feel like the the sequels they have the issue that a lot of films do when they get to like big franchises which is that like they say let's keep going to the well let's keep milking Mm -hmm. this for all it's worth and then at some point it stops becoming a character and it starts becoming a caricature yeah i think that's definitely true but i i I definitely think of the time in the third movie where he's like talking to himself and there's like multiple jack sparrows (laughs) like that that was the point where they had definitely derailed the character um so and, and in like the fourth movie he like is in england and pre- pretends to be like a judge like i don't know it, it it got too yeah too you know i guess not taking itself i guess seriously enough right um 
and I was I didn't know for years that he was nominated for best actor at the Oscars for this movie. Yeah. But like I I can honestly see that why why he was. No. Uh, even though like I don't know like this is just like a a Disney movie for essentially for kids based off a, a theme park ride um but i don't know I, there was sort of a, a period where i think the academy was willing to look at people who were in these kind of fantasy movies like the lord of the rings and give them some recognition oh yeah i mean definitely if you look at the Lord of the Rings success at the, the Oscars um, in that period, I think it makes sense or it makes more sense that he would get nominated. Um, and to be fair, like this isn't too, too uh, much ahead of like um, Heath Ledger winning for playing the Joker. Right. And I also thought about like, well, back in the late eighties when they nominated uh, Sigourney Weaver for aliens, it's like, there is some precedent there for, for, movies that you would typically not associate with acting uh mm-hmm. nominations yeah now i i think there it's not always the case but if you can make a a character that really has like a hold on um the cultural like mm-hmm. zeitgeist for a while yeah. then then you have a good chance of at least getting in the the uh the conversation right now it's it's interesting so he is you know the lead technically i mean he's top build and honestly probably has the most screen time out of any character though i would argue that the main character is will turner yeah he's the one who definitely has the most definable arc yeah i and that's the thing that surprises me about the uh the nomination for for deb is not so much that he right was nominated but so that it was for lead actor right well the way that it works is basically they kind of decide like um the voters get to decide whether it you know they want to vote for somebody in that category or not Mm, okay i i guess that i mean so i think because he has so much screen time it's very much i think justified yeah that's true and not that not that will is not a good character because i think will turn is a was a is a great character he's just not as entertaining right as as, as he's Jack very Sparrow. much more get down to business take a you know hatchet and slam it into the map yeah he's like the somewhat impulsive not impulsive but like he he, he rushes into things without truly thinking them through because he's just so enamored with elizabeth that... or you know touches you know candle pieces and breaks yeah. <laughs> i did like that that was a good little visual <laughs> gag um yeah and i think orlando bloom does so well in the role like i think mm-hmm. this is uh i mean this was definitely part of the the bloomissance i think we can call it um i mean no seriously i mean this was as you mentioned the same year as uh two towers or uh, no return of the king yeah um so like Orlando Bloom was having a moment, uh, mm-hmm. for sure. And I think he's he's great in this. Um mm-hmm. I I saw one um one place referred to him as the Errol Flynn of our time, which I don't Ooh, know uh, if no, that's accurate. That's that's that is uh that is I think a big reach. But um uh, I think that was a bit of a 
I think that was that was back in the 2000s. Maybe been like a, a little bit of a knee jerk reaction yeah. to like, oh, he's in all these action movies and he's cute and he's popular. Wow. No, no. Yeah, I mean, no, no, you know, offense to to Orlando Bloom, but I mean, that's not get ahead of ourselves. No, no. But I, I do say that he brings a lot to the role. I think he definitely does do well in in action movies, or he did at this Mm -hmm. point in his career and i can't imagine some of these other people that they were considering in the role Mm -hmm. which included toby mcguire terrible idea (laughs) uh jude law maybe maybe i I could kind of see jude law that feels maybe been a couple years too old for the role i don't know uh ewan mcgregor okay i'm always a fan of ewan he's he's a good guy uh and then christian bale and heath ledger Um, oh, and one other, Tom Hiddleston apparently auditioned. Ooh, I mean, I know there are a lot of people like I, I making me choose between Tom and Orlando. <laughs> I I think of all of those, I think we ended up with the best possible option. Right, and I think that I mean, with our Orlando Bloom, you know, he he has a good chemistry on screen with pretty much everybody he has to deal with. Um, oh, definitely uh, with. Um, with Johnny Depp and with uh, Kira Knightley, who um, Kira Knightley, I think, was pretty much maybe in Britain, people knew her a little better, but she was kind of an unknown when this movie came out. Um, not entirely no, like, but her only real big film before that was Bend It Like Beckham. That's what I thought. Um, but no, she was really young when this came out. She was only like eighteen. Oh wow, that's even younger than yeah. I thought. So she was super, and yeah, and this was before a lot of her um, kind of more starring roles and uh, more period piece dramas. Like right, I was going to uh, say, it, 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 this kind of started the trend of her being in period pieces. Um, what's that one? Uh, the one like Christmas uh, British love movie. Love actually, love actually. Yeah. So like, with the exclusion of that, seeing her in anything that's like not a period piece is like. She doesn't exist in modern times. She exists in, you know, old times. And that's okay. She's wonderful in it. Like, right. You know, she, in Pride and Prejudice. I mean, I, I know you aren't as, as much of a diehard fan of Pride and Prejudice as my wife and I are. Yeah. But uh, she is amazing in that. She deserved that Oscar nomination. Yeah. Um, And I don't know. Karen Ellie, she's just, mm-hmm. she's amazing. Like, right. And, and, yeah her and Orlando Bloom together like I mean how could you not like uh-huh. two of like the most beautiful people in the world together like that's a power couple right and but I was also surprised like um I when I was watching this I was like okay like how much of that damsel in distress angle do they play and like definitely in the beginning they have that but she's was surprisingly active in the plot that I didn't remember and and that was something I was afraid of going in that like she would be really just the damsel or in some aspects like a, like a scream queen like when they turn into like the, oh, the yeah. skeleton pirates, but she no she is very much uh, like an active um, you know character where uh-huh. like she's the one who really comes up with a lot of like the plans for like uh-huh. when they're at the um, you know high sales battle. Right, with the pearl. I I was wondering, were, were you supposed to, th- like, she's spent time on the sea that she knows all of that. 
I think part of it's that she spent timelessly, and I think the other part is that she is she reads a lot of pirate she, stuff. Yes, like she's she's very knowledgeable. Um, she knows a lot of history. She knows a lot about current right. events. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a combination of those things. Right. And you know, probably being that she's the daughter of a governor, like she's yeah. probably very well educated. Right. Yeah, I think that's. Um, yeah, I was really pleased with the way that she was characterized uh, in this film. Yeah. Um, and I think she's in a lot of this film's most iconic scenes. Mm. I mean, I mean, you talk about um, when she's hiding from, you know, the uh, pirates, when she's uh, having dinner with Barbosa. No. Yeah, no, the 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 scene where she's hiding from the pirates as they've um, invaded Port Royal and yeah. she's in the closet and you can just see like the little like sliver of light peeking through yeah. the door. Um, I one, I, I think that the L.O. Papa is like wonderfully <laughs> like uh, like haunting and, yeah. and how like uh, nonchalantly they deliver it. But also, I just love that shot. Like just yeah. like that, the lighting of that I think is is wonderful, especially right. when you see like the gold yeah. coin in the light. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love it. Well, I, I, that was one thing when I was watching this movie in general that I just admired the cinematography. Um, that I really think that um, Gore uh, Verbinski, the director, and, and his uh, director of pho- photography really put a lot of attention into it. Um, that it really does feel like this, you know, large scale event. Um, and it really does feel um, like a swashbuckling movie. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I think the the direction and cinematography are great. Um the uh, cinematographer I just looked this up is uh, I'm gonna butcher the name. Uh, it's Daruiz Adam Wolski. Okay. Um, he's known for mostly the Pirates movies, but also for uh, Dark City, your favorite. Oh, okay. So he he knows how to shoot a good movie. But but yeah, so I I definitely admired you know the the this movie aesthetically, um, and. Uh, so yeah, we do also have, uh, as we mentioned, Jeffrey Rush uh, as Barbosa, who again, Jeffrey Rush was not an actor who I knew beforehand. Um, and did you notice something in this movie that like with him and some of the other pirates, they sort of like lit them or edited it so like their eyeballs are yellow? Great question. And that was not editing. That was them wearing contacts. Apparently a lot of the actors or some of the actors wore contacts, some like that for like to have like a a threatening kind of yellow villainous glare. Um, And Johnny Depp had contacts that were sunglasses. So he just didn't get blinded when he was in the sun all the time Okay, uh, for whatever reason. Um, But yeah, I mean, Jeffrey Rush, I think is a really good villain in this. Like on paper, Barbosa is not very, compelling or not very mm-hmm. dimensional but i think jeffrey rush like really brings a lot to the character in terms of like you get a sense of like this is someone who's tormented this is someone who really like desperately is trying to um regain his humanity while still um is like evil but in like not a mustache twirling way but like he's like he enjoys being evil to a sense (laughs) um 
and and just to once again go back to some of the casting um the first choice robert de niro oh i mean i don't know i i am very biased towards robert de niro but i don't know i don't think he would have been good yeah he turned it down because he thought the movie would flop well you see yeah so so um and once again so not not to to say anything negative about robert de niro but i think we ended up with the the right casting having jeffrey rush in it because i once again, i think he's he's excellent in it i, I mm-hmm. think he he nails the humor and the um the menacing nature of the character you you mentioned the scene where he's having dinner with um mm-hmm. elizabeth um like the way he's like longingly watching her like eat yeah and then like turns on a diamonds like well guess what you're in a ghost story and he's like yeah so threatening but he like doesn't without like laying a hand on her it's right, right it's incredible um i will say that one thing about that scene and a few of the other scenes i'm not as much enamored with some of the effects in this movie 20 years mm-hmm. later i, I don't yeah. think i mean at the time you know, this movie was nominated for best visual effects at the Oscars, and I think it deserved it. I don't think that the the skeleton crew looks that great now, especially seeing what they did in the sequels with the crew on the Flying Dutchman. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think it was very impressive for the time. Um, I think it's also assisted by the fact that the effect of them turning into skeletons only happens at night when it's dark, yeah, yeah. Um, which always helps uh, kind of hide some of the messier elements of your effects. But no, the I think as the movies went along and the budgets ballooned, mm-hmm. they definitely did get more impressive. Like, I, I know we're not talking about the sequels directly, but um, thinking about the um, the effects for like Davy Jones, like, yeah, yeah, like, I I haven't watched those movies in in a long time, but at least at the time, like that was like mind blowingly mm-hmm. right. impressive. Right, yeah, and and those movies were actually like the third movie was like the most expensive movie ever made at the time. Uh, the fourth might have also been. So they uh, by that point they were just like, here's a bunch of money, go wild. Yeah. Um, not that yeah. this movie had a small budget because it actually was, you know, you know for today's money would probably been over 200 million dollars so yeah at the time a budget of 140 million yeah so um everything else like i said i think the costuming you know looks great the the sets for the most part i think are there maybe like one time i'm like okay this is clearly a set but not like in the way that when we talked about muppet treasure island is like this is clearly a set <laughs> yeah i didn't get that too much like i i really thought they were effective with it like i i definitely could tell that you know some things were were filmed uh on location Mm -hmm. um and i don't know i think anytime you have these um at sea like naval battles yeah um like that's just always impressive and mm-hmm. and i kept wondering like are, are there miniatures going on here like how are they doing some of these right things? i mean i looked at the credits they definitely did use miniatures for some of the movie mm-hmm. so no i i thought it was just like incredible like i to... mean they really you know shot cannons at each other <laughs> like that was you know unedited footage yeah yeah and uh, that guy really got the fork stuck in his eye. Exactly. 
no i i know i think it's it's incredibly impressive like how well it looks um Mm -hmm. given that once again it it was a good amount of money in terms of the the budget but like still not nearly as much as like once you got to the sequels and they Mm -hmm. really just said like here here's the the disney vault you know Mm -hmm. take all of the the cash scrooge mcduck will let you have it (laughs) right so it's just like in terms of the plot um I was trying to think, it's like this, this plot for the most part, I think is very, is very tight though. I did wonder the curse is like very specific in that, like when you're part of like a pirate crew, like everybody has to return the gold. It's not like you return your piece of gold and you individually are, you know, uh, free from the curse. It's like your whole crew has to give back the gold. I don't know if it's like, you like the whole crew is just like all the gold has to be returned okay okay but i see what you mean yes like you you do not individually get absolved because you returned your one piece of gold mm-hmm. to be fair though there's not 822 pirates uh among barbosa's crew so oh that's true it's not like a one for one gold per pirate mm-hmm. that's true um josh has or i don't know do you still have that keychain has I the, do the dead medallion. Yeah. yeah, back in oh gosh, twenty fourteen maybe. Yeah, I got a um a keychain medallion of the um the cursed um gold of uh Cortez. But 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 you know a replica only. Yeah, and it bothers me that only one side of it is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is the coin. The other side's up on blank. That. Yeah, I was like, ah, you were so close. Just so just close. make both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll try to find one. I'll glue them together. Probably mm-hmm. not going to do that. Too much work, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, as as far as like the the rest of like the action, I I think is pretty good. Um, the sword fighting, for the most part, I think is easy enough to follow. Um, you have the scene um, with uh, Will and uh, Jack fighting in the blacksmith's uh, uh, workshop. I think that was my favorite scene as, mm-hmm. a, as a child. Right, yeah. Um, so I don't know how to say his name, so I'm not even going to attempt it. So the, the this composer who composes or composed the score for Game of Thrones... He was part of the team that Hans Zimmer, you know, put together who was uh, doing the scores for this movie. And the way that Hans Zimmer uh, tells the story is that for that scene, they did not know how to score it. They were just trying all these different iterations and it was not working. And then so this composer... uh, uh, while they're doing something else, he, 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 like on his lunch break is like, Oh, well, if I match it to the action like this, it'll, it'll be work like this way. And, you know, he showed it to them and Hans Zimmer said, that's it. And, you know, previously he had been getting Hans Zimmer and his, his crew coffee. And he said, you were never, never getting me another cup of coffee. Now, I don't know if that's true, but that's the way that Hans Zimmer tells the story. That's a good story. I yeah. like that story. Um, yeah, and and Hans Zimmer technically he was the mu- music producer, right? Right. Um, whereas the the composer uh, was Claus uh, 
bad dealt. Yeah. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, see, that's false. why I didn't say the other guy's name. Yeah, I mean, that, that other name is even harder, so yeah. I'm not going right. to you know criticize you for that. Um, the music for this movie is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason why you borrowed the the CD soundtrack from one of our friends, and I may have copied the music onto my right. computer and right. still have it there. Uh, Disney don't sue me. But I don't know. Like the 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 music is wonderful, and I I don't know yeah how much credit to give Hans Zimmer because he is the music producer, not the composer himself. But mm-hmm. in any case, the music is just so so catchy. It's so catchy. It's epic. It's you know. Uh, the swashbuckling is the word that they they use. I read that there was one review that's like this movie is not swashbuckling. It's like, are you serious? This is the definition of swashbuckling. <laughs> this movie is not swashbuckling. Uh, I wonder what their litmus test for swashbuckling is. Right. Yeah. Um. I will say that the the reception of this movie was you know generally positive, and you know universal praise for you know johnny depp as jack sparrow there were a few people who are like this movie is a little too long which i can kind of see but i don't think there are any scenes that you can really cut from the movie Uh, the only thing that i was kind of like i guess you know you would have to rework the plot a little bit the part where will is drowning Mm. is the one part that's like this feels a little um unneeded that's true. And but that's like the only part of the movie I'm like, didn't really work for me. Yeah. I mean, you could also cut the the element where um, the governor is like wrestling with the, the skeletal hand. Like right. That's... But again, that's a moment of comedy. I think that, you know, reflects on Jonathan Price. And then you don't get, you get the payoff at the end when he looks at it, when it's, <laughs> yeah. it's no longer a skeleton. Hand. Yeah. I think if they really wanted to streamline the movie, they would not have this um i know in, in some ways i feel like it's a four-act movie yeah um because you have them like they have the you know the elizabeth gets taken mm-hmm. and then you have um jack and will getting the crew and going to save her and then you have them going and trying to get away mm-hmm. and then you have them going back mm-hmm. and trying so like if you eliminated that instance of going back where just like, okay, we're at the final battle and and we're not going to have you leave and come back. um, Then that maybe could have shaved off some time, but then you'd miss a lot of really wonderful beats. Like um, why the problem is Yes. Yes. Like Elizabeth and Jack on the beach, which is hilarious. And it shows wonderfully how uh, intelligent uh, uh, Elizabeth is and also a little uh, willing to kind of, uh you know manipulate jack after jack has tried to manipulate everyone else mm-hmm. um so you you see her as like a cunning character as well mm-hmm. uh, and it's yeah also just a really funny scene right uh, which i sent josh the the youtube remix of why is the rum gone which was all the rage in 2007 oh uh, i mean why is the rum gone you know we never got a good answer for that it's... but um no and you also wouldn't get the I think one of like my favorite parts of the movie that is the constant like who is Jack with like whose side is he yeah, on right. um and, or or you know the monkey's name is Jack 
or the monkey's name is Jack, or like, okay, what stupid stuff is Will going to do next? Because <laughs> I, I will say does. there was one thing. So it seemed like Jack's plan. He 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 certainly he actually was trying to save Will's life at the you know the end of uh, when he was trying to make the deal with Barbosa. He was just doing it so he could. They otherwise were going to kill Will. Yes. Um. Though I guess he doesn't care about all the soldiers who died because of that. <laughs> um, I I will say though, do you think he does enough for Elizabeth and Will to forgive him um, of everything he's done? Um, I would. S- well, I'd say mostly. Mostly. I mean- he he saved their lives several times mm-hmm. and like in terms of like the direct harm he's done to either of them it was betrayals that may or may not have been part of the plan from the beginning yeah well not the beginning but because jack's very much a character who seems to be like making things up as he goes but mm-hmm. it you do get the sense that as much as he's backstabbing and always mm-hmm. kind of looking out for himself that there is a sense of loyalty he has to to will at the very least over mm-hmm. time. Right. Um, yeah. I think that, I think he, you know, he was in just going to betray will at the beginning and very quickly grew very fond of him. So it was not his intention to, uh, to do so. Yeah. And, and I wonder how much of that is meant to um, also like be a callback to this fact that Jack knew uh, will's father and so yeah. there's this relationship there that's then you know flesh out a little bit more in the sequels um so i think it i think it makes sense that they like are yeah. all good. Do, do i think it makes sense at the end that norrington is like all is forgiven no that guy <laughs> would probably be like how dare you steal my fiance like uh, you're all dead you're um, all dead so i i don't necessarily believe that much but right. um in terms of like the relationships between the main three, uh, that, that main trio, um, no, I I can see like that sense of camaraderie that's built, and uh-huh. y- you mentioned already, but um, not only Orlando Bloom, but just really all three of them, I think, have mm-hmm. incredible chemistry mm-hmm. with one another. So it, it it's really no brainer that they brought them back for you know mm-hmm. two more movies, and then kind of again, mm-hmm. um, even though I haven't seen that one. Right, I haven't. That was it was just on TV, and I'm just like, uh, I don't need to see it. Yeah. Uh, so, just I guess speaking of the future of the franchise, there there are talks that kind of I think stalled, um, or are on hold for more movies. It does seem like they want to move away from Johnny Depp because of his uh his public image and legal issues. Um. Uh. I, they had been talking about Margot Robbie potentially yes. being uh, the lead, um, which I remember you being kind of enthusiastic about. Are, is that something you would still like to see or are your hopes for it, you know, dwindled now that you see that the Barbie movie has made so much money and she's going to be committed to that? I mean, Margot Robbie can walk and chew gum at the same time. I'm not, right. I'm not worried about her. Like she, uh-huh. I mean, she's she's a, a busy lady, so mm-hmm. I'm sure she can make time if she wanted to. Unfortunately, it sounds like that has been not entirely canceled, but shelved at least mm-hmm. for the time being. Um, Especially with the writer strike now. 
writers right. and acting strike. But even before that, it had it been kind of shelved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that was more of a product of the kind of changing of the guard mm-hmm. or the kind of like the reinstallation at the head of Disney, mm-hmm. um, trying to save some money and uh, be mindful of how they are using their franchises. So I still think that a Margot Robbie led uh, a spinoff would be, mm-hmm. I think, really promising. I mean, Margot Robbie's incredibly talented. I, mm-hmm. I'd like to see how that would play out. I'd much rather see that than a sixth film in this franchise proper. Like, if it comes between seeing another main story and a spinoff with Margot Robbie, 10 times out of 10, I'd rather see Margot Robbie's story. Okay. Um, one thing that I didn't mention is that, well, I mentioned this is based off the the theme park ride at, you know, Disneyland and Disney World, um, though they've actually since then uh, incorporated some elements of the movies into the rides, which I actually was never a big fan of. I think it's a little distracting seeing an animatronic Jack Sparrow, and it, it takes away from the, I guess, the original uh ride i don't know if you feel a similar way a little bit it it does take me out of it definitely but i have to admit and admire that the the corporate synergy is there of like right and i actually do think that the, the animatronics are pretty pretty good i mean mm-hmm. disney obviously spends a lot of money with their imagineers um but just uh, a few things there are some elements from the ride that made it into the movie um, probably the most iconic is the dog in the jail with the keys. Oh, what a cute dog. That yeah. is that is a good boy. The dog that comes back in the sequels. Um, oh, that's right. Then there is also Gibbs uh, is uh, takes the place of the man who's sleeping with the pigs in the ride. Right, right. I, and then I believe you have um, Scarlet, the woman in the red dress. Oh, okay. Um, who more recently they uh, changed her in the ride uh, to make her uh, a pirate. Uh, Um, Okay, yeah, I I wasn't sure if there was anything else. Um, But yeah, I'm... I'm, This movie really, like, it should have been a disaster because it is based off a theme park ride. It was like, who's thought of a, a movie based off a theme park ride being any good? Um, Disney in general, especially at this time, was known for having mostly bad live action movies Hmm. for every like parent trap. They had like so many movies that were like the big green or was this like a soccer movie? Oh, or I thought you were talking about Flubber. Flubber, Uh, uh, Flubber, you know, has a soft spot in our hearts, but was not was not most people's favorite movie. Yeah. No, and the the track record on Disney movies based off of um their attractions and rides is very it's it's not even mixed. It's bad. It's right. a yeah, bad I mean, track record. This was the same year that the the movie uh version of The Haunted Mansion, which they're remaking now, uh with Eddie Murphy came out. And while that movie did reasonably well at the box office it was um eviscerated you know critically but that movie has also become a cult classic that's what i've heard which i was surprised actually by yeah but so but, that... but but between coming 
a cult classic and a bona fide classic. Right. I mean, I, I've seen some people compare it to uh, Hocus Pocus in the level oh, okay. of like that's fair. Uh, revisiting it's gone, but no. I mean, you you mentioned that the other uh, the new Haunted Mansion is coming out actually uh, next week from when we record yeah. this. So I, I think that speaks to Disney's uh, continued belief that they can make this work that they can turn their attractions into profitable um you know ip but i don't know like if you look at the the other um movie other than uh haunted mansion that came out at the time of pirates it's the country bears uh but which jungle is cruise true... jungle cruise saw that with our dad jungle cruise <laughs> is one of the few bright spots because you also have um, it's a decent movie you have Tomorrowland, which was... is is I was I reviewed and was probably too nice to at the time, but it still does some interesting things. Yeah, so you've got Tomorrowland, you've got the other Pirates movies, which none of them broke sixty percent in terms of Rotten Tomatoes, and they did well very right. very I well mean, financially though. Yeah. So, I mean, it depends on the metrics you're looking at. Um, but other than that, um, yeah, I mean, Jungle Cruise has really been the only one that's been actually popular right so am i missing any uh, no i think you're right i mean they just got to put the rock in all of them that's the the key <laughs> that's that's the key um so no i i think they just they're on to something and or maybe they think they're on to something i should say uh -huh. um because i was reading that they are trying to make more movies based off of their ride so there's apparently a um a, a Thunder Mountain Railroad movie in the works um, okay. made by or being directed by um, two directors who had directed some episodes of Our Flag Means Death and Hawkeye. Um, mm, okay. So that's potentially in the works. Um, I think there's a, I think I saw there's like a Space Mountain uh, movie that I think might have uh, Taika Waititi connected to it. Yeah, I think I heard that too um so they're they're still trying and i i think if you talk to our cousin he'd say that they need to have like a whole cinematic universe right <laughs> of that. these uh attraction movies um and i think the other one that they're talking about is tower of terror potentially right. that's still a little confusing because it kind of seemed like they were going to replace that ride but who even knows yeah so if there's many you know things you can say about the legacy of this movie but one might be disney's insistence that we can find a way to make money off of these rides other than having people come to the parks mm -hmm. right yeah so i'm perfectly fine i mean it bothers me a little bit that i've heard that there is a plot thread that they introduced in the um the end credit scene of the last pirates that is apparently going to be unresolved because they were teasing the return of Davy Jones. Mm. Um, so that bothers me a little bit just because I, I like hearing that things are nice and tidy, but I'm, I'm perfectly fine with, you know, the pirates franchise remaining dormant. If, you know, they can't find something else to you, uh, somebody else to be the lead. Uh, but, you know, do I believe it will be? No, uh, Disney does not leave money on the table. They will eventually make another Pirates movie or a TV show or something. 
Yes, but I think they need to wait. I yeah, think... I don't think I don't see it happening in the next five years. Yeah, I, I think even though the second and third films made a boatload, pun intended. Oh, even the, money, the fourth film was yeah. a huge success. Yeah, like they made so much money, but I think overall interest in the franchise has diminished since then, like yeah. very much so. Um, and so I, I think maybe pause it a little bit, wait, you know, mm. kind of figure out what you actually want to do with this rather mm. than just rush it along. Um, but it's, I don't know, it, it it does fall into this category, um, at least for me, of, of many um, like action or, or supernatural or adventure uh, franchises where, uh, once again, the, the law of diminishing returns, you have like, what I would argue is a incredibly strong, um, beloved first movie. And then as you go, the sequels just kind of like further, just mm-hmm. further, uh, you know, uh, dwindle. They they further kind of like lose their luster. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I would also be fine if this franchise just kind of died, but <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of undead at this point, it seems. Right. Which I guess is appropriate because it's all about undead things. Yeah, yeah. It's right. almost like I set that up purposely. Right. So before we go, Josh, I, I, I do just want to commemorate one thing that is unrelated to this movie, that this is Mark's five years that we've been doing our podcasts. Oh, shoot, really? Yeah. What? Uh, I believe if I pull it up um oh well i'm not going to take the time to pull it up okay but that's right when we started five years ago and talked about looper that was in i believe oh. july of 2018 oh and that was before we even had a that was before a, a we had we didn't have a title we um we did not uh have really an anniversary thing going on because we did not do that thing movie at the uh its anniversary um we just were looking what movies can we talk about that are on our shelf yeah that bill and marissa will let us talk about yeah so yeah. uh we wow. justified with that was like well the last jedi is coming on to netflix this is a, this is like pre <laughs> disney plus so like watch one of ryan johnson's previous movies it's a compelling argument i think yeah. i think it worked um yeah well that's incredible i can't believe it's been five years i mean now i can start saying that about our anniversaries of our show and not just about the movies we're talking about right yeah um Um, so yeah we we didn't really start doing the anniversary brothers stuff until our uh, podcast director alex um i think after we had done our lost podcast our lost uh finale podcast he was like well start doing tv shows and we're like we're gonna rework the title yeah and we were quickly like, oh, no, what have we gotten ourselves into? We have to come up with like two things a, a yeah. month now. Yeah, that that was a bit daunting. But uh, I, I will very much thank Alex for uh, believing in us and, you know, pushing us to to do this. And it's been a, a fun ride. And so mm-hmm. uh, obviously we've been happy to have him on the podcast um, mm-hmm. and we've had um, Bill on several times as well. So. No, it's been it's been a fun five years, and yeah, I guess we'll 
see where this goes. But uh, Aaron, right. thank you for going along this ride mm-hmm. with me. Right. Is there, is there any movie that you think is, I don't know, it's so hard. It's like, what's the best movie that we, we talked about in five years of talking about movies? The best movie? Or, uh, or at least, I don't know, the biggest surprise. Still the biggest surprise for me was probably Babe, if I'm being uh, honest. But um, being the best movie is is too hard, I think, to decide because we talked about some good movies. Yeah. It, maybe it'd be easier to talk about the worst movie because it would probably be The Green Hornet or Snow Dogs. Uh, I mean, Babe was the movie that made me cry and Green Hornet was the movie that made me scream. So <laughs> I, they, they both have some place in my heart, mm-hmm. uh, very different places in my heart, but they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, so no. And I'm looking forward to seeing once again, what we have next. So yeah, people should definitely, I guess, listen to our back catalog if they're interested. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a few, um, fun ones from the past. And yeah, and I'm once again really excited to see what you have planned for us. Uh, mm-hmm. Our our audience may not know this, but often I am uh, left in the dark until uh, a few weeks ahead of time. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that movie, I forgot that was a thing. Um, so I'm I'm excited. Okay, so uh, Josh, uh, do you have, are you working on anything? I know you're sometimes writing a couch potato column. So I am currently working on a couch potato column that is pending on the ending of an ongoing TV show. So I, I don't want to say more about it yet because whether or not I finish writing it will depend on how the series ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it if it seems like it's going the direction I think it is, then um, you'll likely be able to find that on the pot break. Mm-hmm. Um, but people can definitely find me um, on the... Uh, TV break podcast um, with aforementioned podcast editor Alex and our editor Bill, um, where we talk about the ins and outs of TV every month. I'm sure this coming month we are going to have a lot to say about the writers and actors uh, strike. Um, but this most recent month, um, we actually had a special guest. We had Courtney from Blurred Watchers, which was uh, a delight. Um, it was wonderful having her on. Very, very glad that she mm-hmm. could join us. Um, so I want to encourage people to listen to that. Um, and then people can always hear us um, in our TV podcast uh, of this show, um, where we most recently talked about the Teen Titans uh, animated series of the 2000s. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I saw and Bill uh, messaged me that uh, Greg Sipes actually retweeted that or liked oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Boom. Yeah. I mean, booyah. Yeah. There we go uh so uh yeah you can listen to that uh, as far as for me i'm I'm still at on twitter at uh aaron sarnecki though apparently i was just reading today that elon musk is now going to change it tomorrow to x it's going to be called x instead of twitter <laughs> <laughs> name someone who's to walk the plank <laughs> yeah so um and um, I am going to be making some guest appearance on some other podcasts. Um, I'm going to be on the uh, Bill versus the MCU. I'm doing a uh, a bit for that. So keep a, an eye out for that. Okay, very good. Yeah, definitely excited to listen to that and uh, have people find out what that kind of mystery plug is all about. Um, all right. Well, Aaron, thank you again for doing this extra special bonus podcast with me. Yep. 
And for everyone listening, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, and for uh, those of you who have stuck with us the last five years, uh, we could not thank you enough for putting up with our shenanigans. So mm-hmm. uh, appreciate it and uh, hope you'll stick with us. Um, but until next time, remember, you will always remember this is the day you almost caught Captain Jack Sparrow.